I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, not to toot our own horn, but we have a great episode for you today. I'm going to take that pat on the back. I feel like that is that is a truth, a true statement. D- Absolutely. First, we're going to start off, I'm going to tell you all about Hyundai's electric cars and SUVs. And I'm going to tell you about my adventures with BMW in Germany and beyond, beyond, beyond. 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 And basically what this means is that I ate biscuits and fried chicken all week because I was in the South, and Eileen ate nothing but schnitzel and pretzels for an entire week, right? And cold cuts. Cold cuts, schnitzel, pretzels. I, I I did Germany the way Germany deserves to be done. It was okay. fantastic. All, all the main food groups if you were a German. Yes. And, <laughs> and we drove cars. Like, there was a lot of car driving, yes. to be very clear. It car- wasn't yeah. just about the cold cuts and pretzels. But it was a lot about the cold cuts and pretzels. Yes. But... We will get to that. And as a bonus, listen to the very end of the episode, and we're going to explain why the Parthenon and the Reichstag go together. All right, so I'm going to start off talking about Hyundai, because Hyundai had a program in Nashville. It was there. It was like a driving electrified program. It wasn't just one car. It was all about their electrification. Boy, I'm going to say that wrong at least half a dozen times during this episode. Electrification, electrification. is a hard word to pronounce. Electrification. So that doesn't mean just EVs. They consider electrified vehicles, whether it's a pure EV, a plug-in hybrid, or a hybrid. Those are all electrified powertrains. So we had four different vehicles that we were driving on this. It's a lot. We had the Ionic 5, which is available only as an electric. There is no other option. It's like $40,000 to $55,000. It's rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Um, And it has a range of up to 303 miles. But there is no gas engine if you want a gas version of this you're out of luck it is ev only Um, and it's funky looking it is really i i like the funky though it has like if you look at the steering wheel instead of having the little h for the hyundai logo it has four little i want to call them pixels squares four little squares like this little pixelated thing which is the same pattern that you see on the back of the car and it looks really cool it's a striking design it doesn't look it doesn't look like every other crossover because essentially they're going to call it an suv it's I think it's a crossover, Eileen. Is it really an SUV? I would say it's a high-riding hatchback because it does look like a, a plus-size hatchback, which they don't like that. They're like, it's an SUV. And I'm like, it's a high-riding hatchback. Come over here and take my keyboard from me. It is yeah, what it exactly. is. Yeah, So, but I like it. I really like the Ionic 5. I think it looks good. It drives nicely. And because it has some personality, it doesn't look like every other car. It is the kind of car that when you stop, you will have people, if you're in a random parking lot, coming over to you and being like, what? What are you driving? Which is something when it's it's just, it's a Hyundai. It's not like a, you know, $200,000 Mercedes. And people are saying, what is that thing? That speaks to how cool this car looks. And because it's not outrageously expensive is the other reason I like it. Base price on this is about $40,000. Now, granted, that's not a $22,000, you know, like cheap economy sedan. But for forty grand, you are getting a lot of car. Yeah, yeah, and battery so, electric cars are still very expensive. I mean, they are not, they're not budget friendly at all for the most part. And, and you know, you could talk about tax incentives. You know, oh, it knocks $7,500 off the price. It actually doesn't. It knocks $7,500 off the payment of your taxes if you have to pay $7,500. Like, there's other ways that go into that. But yeah, basically $40,000, $45,000, you get a really good BEV, which is right. battery and electric getting, vehicle. 
Right. And so, and you've got a range of 303 miles. And when everyone looks at this, like the big thing with range is people panic and they think, oh my gosh, when I drive across the entire country to see Aunt Susie at Thanksgiving, I'm going to have to stop a lot. Well, that's one time a year, really. Once a year, twice a year. How many times a year do you really need to go 300 miles more than that in one shot? Most of the time you're driving around town, you're driving your neighborhood, you're driving back and forth to your office. And dear God, I hope you don't have a 303 mile round trip commute because that would be a miserable job. But so most of the time you can really just charge this at home. You're never going to need to worry and panic about finding a charger. So that whole range anxiety thing with a vehicle like this, you don't really need to worry about it. And when you do have that long road trip at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, they there are so many places and so many tools for finding the nearest chargers and planning out your trip that it's not the panicky thing that it was even like, I don't know, five or six years ago. It's actually pretty easy to plan a long distance road trip in an EV. So that was the first thing that we drove because we had four cars to drive in this one day. We started off with that and then... One of the other cars we drove is also an EV, but it's available as gas. So the Kona, the Kona you can get as a gas Kona, like good old fashioned gas engine, or you can get it as an EV and it's a little cheaper. It's 34 to 43. It's also a little bit smaller. I don't think it's they a lot can even smaller. Remote. Yeah, it's a you lot can't smaller. Even, it's you can't even remotely call this one an SUV. It is a compact crossover. It's is a it subcompact crossover. Oh, sorry. So it means like compact. It means like you could barely fit adults in the back seat comfortably. Now, you and I first <laughs> drove the Kona in Hawaii in, in Kona. 2018, 2017 on Kona. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. We, we drove it's it a while a ago. While. Um, and we, we were able to fit four adults in it comfortably, um, touring yeah. around the island for an entire day. And we spent like literally the entire day. We were left at our hotel like 3 a.m. to go watch the sunrise. Um, like yes. the romantic uh, hikers that we are. And right. then it was a really pretty sunrise. <laughs> it was a beautiful sunrise, but we were on East Coast time and we were in Hawaii. So up at 3 a.m. So like, let's get up. Yeah, I, We actually were up much longer than that. And then we got up at 3 a.m. and drove. But that's long story short is we've been driving the Kona for a number of years now. And I don't think it's lost its appeal. Um, I've never driven the EV version, though. Does that make it lose its appeal? It's really popular in Europe. No, it, it didn't lose its appeal. In fact, I was surprised by how fun it is. It's still, it still has all the sort of cute, quirky fun of the Kona. If, if you're looking for a vehicle that size, you know, you can't want something big. It handles beautifully. It has plenty of power. It has a combined 201, it's got 201 horsepower is its total horsepower. So remember, this is a tiny little thing. It's a teeny tiny little car. So 201 horsepower is a lot of horsepower. Um, I liked it. And I, you know, the thing I love about an EV and the, you know, hybrids or plug-in hybrids when they're running in their hybrid motor the same way, you cannot underestimate how cool it is to just have quiet. The minute you yes. roll down your windows and you're, I mean, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. We had some winding country roads that led to the middle of nowhere that we were driving along as we were exploring. And when you can just hear nothing, when it's just quiet, that really does create a unique kind of experience. So I am very pro quiet. Um, I know all those people are like, I must have a V8 engine. That's fine. That's fine. Fine. Do that. But also when a car is really quiet, there's something special about that. You, when you're trying to just relax it lets you do that. It lets you sort of enjoy the drive in a way that you can't with a roaring Hellcat engine under the hood of your car. I have nothing against Hellcats. I love Hellcats. Let's just clarify that. <laughs> you do love Hellcats. You really do. Like we just genuinely love a V8. Like there's something to be said for a V8, but it is right. really nice. You do realize how loud tires are when you're in an EV. 
or how loud yes. road surfaces are. I mean, you can kind of hear it, but you do get the engine and transmission noise. But then you're in an EV, you're like, oh my God. Like I need to right. get, it's, I, I need to shop for softer tires or or bigger, like with, with more tread on them. Like whatever it is, you need different tires than what you have on now. Like it does make a huge difference. I think people are about to get an education in tires. Well, and it's like, if you've ever listened to a movie or something where they're trying to sort of enhance the sounds that are on the screen and someone's making extra crinkly noises for it to sound like paper or shuffling a paper or someone, you know, they're doing different things to make the sound sound more than what they really are. That tire sound that you hear as a car is rolling along, that's what it actually sounds like. Like you really hear the tires that loudly because there's no other sound to compete with it. So if you're driving along gravel, you hear that sort of poppity crackly sound of your tires on the gravel. It's kind of cool. But yeah, it does make you aware of other noises in your car that you probably have never even noticed in the past. So, so you drove the, were, the Ionic 5, yeah, go ahead. the Kona yes. EV, and yes. then you have two plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, which are both a combination of EV power and gasoline power. Yes. And that would be the Tucson and the Santa Fe, which are both SUVs. These are both either available from Hyundai as either a gas, a traditional hybrid or a plug-in hybrid. And we have the plug-in hybrid, which are the PHEVs. All the lingo, it's like we've all joined the military. HEV, PHEV, EV, nothing just is a word anymore. <laughs> the the uh, Korean car companies do like their abbreviations. They do. They do. So you've got the Tucson, which is, um, these are both all wheel drive. The Tucson is the more affordable of the two. It's from like 35 to 43, depending on the trim that you get. Whereas the Santa Fe bumped that up a little bit. It's 40 to 46, but you can get a plug-in hybrid. Like listen to that, the Tucson, $35,000 all wheel drive. It has 33 miles of EV only range. So because it still has a gas engine, it's sometimes it's going to flip over to the gas. You don't have to worry about charging it. If you want to charge it around when you're out and about cool, if you just want to put gas in it, cool. But either way, you've got 33 miles of pure EV range in the Santa Fe. You've got about 30. So you're at the same ballpark, 30 ish, give or take miles of electric only range in both of these. Now, did Hyundai let you off-road in the Tucson like they let us off-road in the Tucson when you and I test drove it the first time? I mean, we didn't they test did it in the PF. We tested the hybrid yeah. and the gasoline, and we're going to say we pushed it to its limits around the some off-road rim driving in Arizona outside yeah. Tucson. Yeah, so we did not get to experience that kind of off-road no driving. Drifting we, no, no drifting in the Tucson? No drifting? No drifting. <laughs> and to the best of my knowledge, no one managed to go off-road unintentionally, take the course faster than specified, and lose part of their rear bumper. So I feel we like- We did not Hyundai lose our probably, rear bumper. We did not, not lose no, Someone else. Somebody someone else. else. To be very clear, we, we were someone, within the limits of the vehicle and the terrain. We were just yes. at the limit of the vehicle and the terrain. <laughs> Correct. But we did see someone on the original Tucson drive that went like blazing by us. <laughs> like, yes. Is this bumper falling off? Yes. Yes, it is. But they're very specific. Like, don't go blazing down this course like you're in a rally car. That particular person did not get the memo, did not follow the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> so you drove all four of these back to back one day. Yes. Um, yes. All over the Nashville area. Yes. I'm assuming all over. Did you hit all of our favorite spots? All of the, okay. the Franklin and, and all of those lovely towns within there. Yes. Okay. So my fa I, we've, I went to my favoritest, most favorite, most beloved. Oh my gosh. The only reason to come to Nashville. I mean, there's lots of reasons, but my reason for going to Nashville is the Loveless Cafe. And mm. that was actually our lunch stop. So I didn't have to just like make a break from the drive route and say, see you later, Hyundai. I'm going to go get some biscuits. 
because I've done that before. <laughs> this time it was, and when I saw it, I thought, wait, you mean I don't have to try it? I, you're just taking me there and you're feeding me lunch there? It was glorious. They have, Loveless has the best biscuits of any place that I've ever had down South. Like they are my absolute favorite biscuits and you get like three different kinds of jelly. They had the jelly in these giant Mason jars and mm. just full and you could just scoop out. There was like a peach. I want to say it was raspberry or maybe it was a blackberry and a strawberry. Oh my gosh. It was so good. And then I wanted to take some home and I didn't want to have to pack it in my carry on. So I literally ordered biscuits and jelly that have just arrived at my house yesterday. And yeah, <laughs> I'm totally having that for dinner tonight. That is going to be biscuits and jelly and the family better just suck it up. Cause that's all they're getting for dinner. <laughs> now I have no problem with that whatsoever. That sounds amazing. I right? feel like I should, my husband can make biscuits. So I feel like I should be like, honey, I need you to make biscuits for dinner. Yeah. Um, I should probably text should. him as we record this so that he has it done. Right? Um, because um, he's off today. So I feel like it's, you know, he could do that. Well, put him um, to work. Make him do something. I know, right? <laughs> it is is the afternoon. It's time for him to get his hustle on and earn his keep. Um, and he listens <laughs> to the podcast, so he's going to love that part. Absolutely okay, love that part. Okay, there you go. You um, better have stepped up your game, buddy. That's right. That's right. I see in these notes, you say fried green tomatoes. Now, I remember yes. I yes. introduced you to fried green tomatoes. You did the first so I was I'm not really someone who eats like sliced tomatoes you want to squish them up and make them into a pasta sauce cool you want to hand me a, like tomato bits no but Eileen said you have to try these and I was like I don't want to and she's like you have to I don't want to fine leave me alone I'll try them and I think oh these are really good <laughs> do you remember where so, we went do you remember we were we were oh gosh we were in this we were in the south was, we were in the south we were in we were, the south we Charleston were we in Charleston no where adjacent. were we we were Charleston Jason we were in Savannah Georgia and okay. we were there for the Toyota Corolla launch, uh, yes. probably 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. And we went to the, oh, I don't remember the name of it. It's the the Mother and Sons, I believe it's called something. In, Lady, and the, Sons. It, Lady and Sons. Lady and Sons. It's the Paula Dean. The Paula Dean one. Yeah. Um, and and she has lots of butter. There was lots of butter. And man, do they know how to make some fried green tomatoes. So if you're in Savannah and you feel like going to a yeah. tourist trap location for lunch, and I recommend the fried <laughs> green tomatoes at Lady and Sons. Uh, they, they were, were delicious. Good. Well, but, that's so good. Yeah, so I, ha I had more fried green tomatoes here. And they, they, were, they got fancy pants here, though. They had like this little, they're very small and they're fried in this little plate all presented. And there was a little bit of cheese with like herbs and a drizzle of balsamic. It was very fancy. It was good. But I'm like, oh, you got fancy. That sounds very fancy. That sounds very, but good. also very good. So yes, that was good. But after that, you had something not so good. So why don't we hit a pause? We'll come back. We'll talk about what you didn't like about your trip to Nashville. Okay. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back with Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. Nicole has been in Nashville all this week, all last week, a couple of days last week, uh, yep. test driving some Hyundai vehicles. And one of the places she went is called Fly Cemetery, which sounds unappealing at best. 
Okay, so here's the deal. It wasn't as if Hyundai said, hey guys, we're going to make a stop in the cemetery and get you some drinks and some snacks. We were just driving by this nice twisting sort of road and there's this beautiful fields everywhere. It's so pretty to drive outside of Nashville. It's really a beautiful part of the country. But we see this cemetery, this sort of smallish cemetery by to the side of the road and it has a rather fancy gate and it's nicely. And then there's a giant like stone tablet thing in front of it that's been engraved with we can't see what but there's this old sign and it says fly cemetery and we immediately look and say okay need to know is it the family fly is it the city of fly where the heck are we it can't possibly be named for flies because that seems really inappropriate so we pulled a u-turn came back and this little cemetery fly cemetery had this um, little stone like thing in front of it that talked about how it literally is the family cemetery and it goes back all the way to people who fought in the civil war and those soldiers are buried in the cemetery they have some they have uh, family members from other wars and the kind of neat thing is on their little marker sort of like a dedication marker explaining the cemetery it says that even veterans who are members of the fly family if they pass away when they pass away if they want to be buried in this like old family cemetery they can still be buried there so you can be sort of buried with your in your ancestor cemetery which is sort of neat but it was also there was a little history about the area and like the the people who had come and originally settled and how the spot where the cemetery is depending on where you are in time it was either in the Carolinas, it was North Carolina, or it was Tennessee, and then it was, you know, so it moved back and forth. So it wasn't even always in the same area. The border of those lands changed over the years. So depending on when you happened to stop by, you were in a different state. So it was kind of just I love that you thing. I love what? that you sent me that, and you were like, hey, this is where this is. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how long ago that was. And I'm like, oh, the 1600s. I mean, it's hard. Yes. I mean, in the South, we have history here. Like, I mean, I, I live in Atlanta, so right. So there, there's plenty of history. But you don't often get, like, 1600s history um, mm-hmm. outside of, like, the coast. And so it's it's kind of cool to have have something like that, the the lower end of the of the. I'm not the lower end as the years spectrum. That sounds ridiculous. The, earlier, the high, earlier, yeah, years. Yeah, earlier, <laughs> earlier. I clearly need more caffeine today. Um, <laughs> you, you, you need you, things that were earlier in history. Of, I think it's kind of cool that you were able to f- happen upon the flies. Yes, it was kind of neat. And I'm like, oh, this is a whole family. So it was sort of a neat random stop on the side of the road. And that's, that's sort of one of the fun things about doing this job. You see random things. You think, nope, stop, turn around. We have to see what this weird thing is. And you learn little bits about history and the people and the place. Uh, so that was that was kind of a neat little thing that we we did along our twisting route. I have to tell you, the last time I was driving in rural Tennessee was yes. for the Ford Maverick launch last September, uh-huh. and we went through this small town just west of Nashville, and there was like a single strip plaza, which was. Like on one side was the funeral home and the other side was the church. Like like that, and the, the other side was railroad <laughs> tracks. Like there's not really much anything else. Beautiful scenery all around, very small town. And I just remember looking up and in the middle of the strip plaza and a genuine strip plaza, it said in big letters, crematorium. Oh gosh. And I was like, hmm. okay, that's a slice of life we don't usually get. But again, <laughs> one of the lovely things you get about traveling around the country, you see different <laughs> kinds of life than what you're used to. And it was yes. just like, huh. All right, there's, there's, I was gonna say food for thought. That sounds disgusting, but also food for thought. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there we are with things. So, I'm gonna ask you some questions now because we've okay. both driven a number of the vehicles that you drove. And yes. I've driven mostly the gas or the hybrid versions. You've driven the EVs. So, I just have to ask would you choose the Hyundai Ionic 5 mm-hmm. or the Kia EV6? 
Okay, I like both of these. This isn't a matter of like one is great and the other one is awful. I don't think either is a bad choice. However, I would choose the Ionic 5. And the reason I would choose it is it's it's a really superficial reason. It's style. I like how different it looks. I like that there's no H on the steering wheel and it's just the little four little four or five little square boxes. I like all the sort of pixelated kind of square design to the taillights that just look, it looks beautiful. I feel like it looks different. I, I You know, there's so many crossovers, SUVs, whatever you want to call them out there. And so many of them look the same. This makes this one look a little bit different. And so it's kind of cool. You know, it's an, it's an EV, which are still kind of new and, and different for people. And it actually looks new and different. So I would pick the Ionic five. That is incredibly superficial, and I will judge you for it. However, That's I find okay. it acceptable. That is an acceptable <laughs> answer. Because people buy cars because they like the looks of them all the time. I mean, right? you can't say the Miata you buy it because it's comfortable. I mean, you buy the Miata because you like it and it's fun to drive. Right. So I, that is a completely acceptable answer for the Hyundai Ioniq 5. That is yours. I would choose the EV6, but that is neither here nor there at this point. Moving on to the Kia EV. That comes in gas or all electric. Would you choose gas or would you choose all electric? To the What? Which one? The, the Ki- Kona. The Kona. Kona. You said Kia Pay attention. EV. Pay attention. You said oh. Kia. I was paying okay. attention. Get more coffee. Kona. The Kona <laughs> EV. <laughs> um, I think for the Kona, you know what? I'd probably choose the EV again because I like I like the EV thing. I like the silence of it. And I think I would go with the EV. There's nothing wrong with the gas. Um, I just like the EV. And I feel like with 258 miles of range, that more than covers what I need to do in a day. And for $34,000, that's a, that's a good price for cute fun little EV to, to drive around it wouldn't be something I would want to do if I had a family or was going like really long distances because just not big enough to hold all your stuff but for just a knock it around town kind of car I like that one better all right so for a family vehicle the Tucson PHEV hybrid or gas which one do you choose oh, okay for the Santa Fe and the Tucson I would go plug in on both I become a huge PHEV fan the plug-in hybrid thing because I think that little, we have a plug-in hybrid. It's not these guys. It's a it's a Wrangler 4xe. But watching gas prices right now and just seeing how often we're just using electric, we're not needing to use that gas very often. Really, you do so much of your driving, 33 miles, 30 miles, that's more than you think. To be able to do that on electric all the time and then just kind of sort of every now and then, oops, I need a little bit of that gas engine, it makes it really affordable. And it's, there's something really gratifying going by the pump and being like, I don't need you. I'm driving on electric right now. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I'm a big fan of PHEVs. I think it makes sense for a lot of America. And it's it's a fantastic, a fantastic innovation in the, in the vehicle industry. I too like the Tucson. Um, Tucson or Santa Fe? Oh, I like Tucson the Tucson better than I like the Santa Fe. I like the interior of the Tucson better than I like the interior of the Santa Fe for me. Yeah, I that, think that's I'm really go what does it. I like the Tucson and I happen to have actually a Tucson um, N line in my driveway right now. The oh. which just yeah, which just looks super sexy, all the little red accents. So no, I like the Tucson. I like the way the front of it looks. The grill on the Tucson is really it's cool looking it's striking it looks it's like wings it's like lighted wings yeah so like during the day it's just like mild-mannered grill and then it like it's like Clark Kent it takes off with sunglasses at night and it becomes ha the Tucson and the way the lights are worked into that grill it looks it 
it is like Superman. Don't give me that look, Eileen. I, so- I am. I'm, I'm picturing like Christopher Reeve as a transformer while he's like ripping off his shirt to reveal his suit. And I'm just like, I am both simultaneously intrigued and confused, but I'd like See? to learn more about both. That's See? that's kind of where we've settled with this. That's yeah. So I just turned it into a superhero. It's like a transformer, but it's Superman. So I've like mind melded different universes together into one. So yeah, I, I, I do like the Tucson because I think I just like how it looks. I think that... I'm a fan of the Tucson. Yeah. I don't dislike okay. the Santa Fe. Santa Fe's just peachy, but I like the Tucson better. I am all for that. So something you didn't like was your dinner. Okay. Correct? You had dinner so, problems in Nashville. All right. Can I just say, Hyundai, if you listen to this, I love you. I appreciate your efforts to give us a really cool, fancy experience. We went to this really, really fancy restaurant. It was called Aqua by, by R.J. Cooper. I'm assuming that's our chef. Anyway, did you was, you spelled it on here with a C? Does the Aqua, aqua restaurant actually have a aqua? C? So it's Aqua, Aqua. Yeah, it, it's it's Aqua. I don't know how do you say. It? I would say Aqua, but Aqua. He didn't aqua. say the name of his. Rest- <laughs> he didn't say that. In addition, we can't pronounce it, so the guy is like going to hate me now. Um, if I ever eat there, he's going to poison my food now. But sorry, so, R.J. Cooper. Yeah. So it was. Um, He's like a four-star, five-star, Michelin-rated James Beard chef. The guy knows what he's doing. It was eight courses, but there were those courses like, okay, can I tell you about my first course, which was my favorite? It was the only one I really, really liked. It was one piece of asparagus sliced lengthwise. So I got half of a piece of asparagus on a plate, and there was a lemon, I love this word, a sabayon. So basically a lemon sauce over the top of it, and some edible flowers. Does that give you an idea of the kind of weird fancy pantsness that we had at this meal? Yes, that that sounds snooty. Yeah. Which coming from how your enthusiasm on the Loveless Cafe is really a dichotomy of our lifestyle. I know, right? We had biscuits and jelly, and I'm like, bring it. We had a half a piece of asparagus with lemon sauce. No, it was really good. The lemon sauce and the, and the asparagus was really good, but then we had like... We had a fish that had these toasted sesame seeds that just was not tasty. And there was some sea urchin that was too sea urchiny. I felt like I accidentally like got salt water up my nose. And sea urchin in Nashville, the native species of Nashville is a sea urchin. I often see them in the Columbia River. Right. I tend to go to Tennessee for my seafood on a regular basis, even though I live in New England, miles from the coast. Um, and then we had like... There was a mushroom and it was like a half a mushroom, like a large mushroom, but it was a half a one. He was really into the halves, I guess. A half a mushroom. So it was just, it was just, it was too, it was too much. Like we were all kind of like, we're ready. We're going to try this. But as, as a bunch of writers, so you think that we all have a fairly large vocabulary, even when it comes to food. We literally sat down, looked at the menu and all of us are pulling out our phones, Googling. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. Trying to figure out what it was we were about to eat. Now, it was very fancy, very well prepared. It was just so over the top. It was kind of like, you know, we passed a White Castle on the way here. <laughs> Could we just get a burger? <laughs> I will say one time I was on a BMW trip in uh, Garden. Uh, mm-hmm. Germany, which is down the very, very south of Germany. And we had a meal of like, I'm not even joking when I say like 15 individual spoons of food. Everything <laughs> was served on individual spoon. And yeah. it was, there were like 15 bites. And I was like, 
Uh, and I couldn't identify yeah. anything by looking at right. it. And while I can appreciate cuisine mm-hmm. like that, there's also something to be said for when you've been driving all day and you've been mm-hmm. testing all day. Like it's not just as easy as driving a car for us. We're spending time evaluating. We're spending time talking. You're doing business the whole time. And then you're like, I sat down to this hugely fancy dinner. And you're like, I just can't appreciate this like I want to. Right. But also it would be nice to be able to have an answer key to identify the food sometimes. Exactly. And then, so then I was like, okay, so this was like, some of it was Okay, some of it was I literally didn't eat because a lot of us didn't eat a lot of it because it was just too out there. And I thought, well, you know what? This is a fancy restaurant. I should be able to get myself a really nice fancy coffee, maybe have a little biscotti next to it or some little cookie or something. And he breaks out grappa, you know, the alcohol. And Uh then he says, the coffee machine is broken, but we have grappa. And you know what? That is not an acceptable substitute. I wanted a coffee. I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay I with that, honestly. I, was I know like, you want coffee. I'm okay with the booze. No, I wanted coffee. I mean, you can give me the booze, fine. But I wanted a coffee. Like, and I was like, no, I just, I just wanted one thing that I knew what to expect when it arrived in front of me. And I didn't have to pull out my menu and go, what the heck is this? Just We have coffee, descended the into cream. the most first world problem of first world problems. Oh my problems God, it was really first of the world podcast. People are yes. going to hate us. They're like, oh. These women no. do not know how to if handle very expensive dinners and very you've free ever, food. If you've ever had, like, like it was just, it was too, it was too much. It was too much, Eileen. It was too much. It was too much. fancy pants. It was well, delicious. Too much. You said but. something about a missing bus driver I'm reading here. Okay. So they have little shuttle buses that take us back and forth to places like glorified little shuttle buses, right? And there were two of them. One was going to the hotel and the other was going to Broadway. They had a little place there that like the rooftop section of a place that we could watch all the chaos happening in Broadway, which is all the bars and the music is in uh, Nashville. And they were waiting for that one to arrive and they're frantically texting this guy and he's not responding. So we're standing on the street corner in Nashville, like 15 of us or whatever waiting. And the poor Hyundai people were so stressed and we were not stressed. We're like, you guys, we're okay. We're just, we're fine. It's nice weather, nice breeze. No one's, you know, we're just standing here, but they couldn't find the driver. So it took so long. They Then they started to worry, like, did something happen to the driver? Is he like, should we be concerned? Should we be calling the police? Like the driver is not responding to multiple texts. We finally, the guy who went back to the hotel with the other bus came all the way back to get us and we were on our way to Broadway before the other driver responded. I did think there were a couple of Hyundai PR people that handled it. They handled it so gracefully. They were so wonderful. But you can see that behind the eyes thing. Like when I get my hands on this driver, I'm going to kill him. So I think that <laughs> they may have taken out this driver. He eventually showed up and he's like, then he was saying he was you know, ready to pick us up downtown. And the one Hyundai person was like, no. He will not pick us up downtown. We're like, yeah, I wouldn't do that because she might hurt him. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to ask, so you took the hotel, the bus back to the hotel. You stayed at the Virgin Hotels Nashville, which is new. I've never stayed there before. It's really nice. So the Virgin Hotels Nashville, it's the, it's the, uh, like the Virgin Airline, the Virgin Record Stores, that Virgin. Um, So they had a real music theme thing going on. Like you walk into the lobby and there's guitars in the ceiling, but it's like they've taken the guitars out into like three layers. So the back of the car, guitar sides, guitar strings. Yeah. So they're kind of like pulled apart on the ceiling. Um, They, it was a very sort of fun sort of um, upscale, like a boutique hotel vibe going on. Uh, What was kind of neat though, was they had um, lots of red fixtures everywhere. So you walk into your room and the bathroom fixtures are red and there's bright red accents. And even like, you know, how you have a little safe you can put your valuables in that I don't think I've ever used in a hotel in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Bright red. 
So they had all so these the, red. But it was like virgin red, right? So like yes, the actual color like that, of the, that the really, brand. Y- okay. Yes, the virgin red from the virgin, yeah, from the brand. So you have all this this bright red stuff. Stuff they had um, the strongest uh, doors that I've ever, and the quickest doors on their elevator ever. Like they would try to shut. Like me and another guy were trying to get in with coffee in our hands and literally have like two feet and an arm. We're like trying, like, don't shut on us. We've already missed you once. Um, but the thing that was really funny was, so they have in the rooms, there's a lot of places where the lights turn off and on automatically, like maybe when you like open a closet door, right? And then when you shut your closet door, the light goes off. These had sort of curtains in front of the doors. And at the, so you just walked by your closet and light turned on. <laughs> so that would not the, be good for the middle of the night. I would not appreciate like the 4 a.m. I have to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. wake up. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, no, no. Unacceptable. So, unexce- so the pattern was closet one goes on, vanity goes on, closet two goes on, bathroom light goes on. Then while you're in the bathroom, the lights have gone off. Then when you come, except for the bathroom light, that one stays on a little longer. Come out of the bathroom, closet goes on, vanity goes on, closet goes on, get back into bed, watch them all slowly blink back off again. There's a little no. too much like... Yeah, no, that's how I felt. As I was no. watching, I'm like, I can't, it's it's like 2 a.m. I just want to flick the lights off with the switch. I promise I'll turn them off and on. Just let me do it myself. <laughs> so we've stayed, so. At, we've stayed at a fair number of hotels in Nashville. So yes. I'm going to ask you, like we did with the Hyundaionic, which ones you like better or worse than the Virgin Hotel Nashville? I don't know if I've stayed at all these with you, Eileen. I can answer some well, of these. We've never okay. really stayed together. To be clear, yeah. we've stayed in separate rooms. Yeah. Okay, but yes. you tell me if not, and I, I I remember some of these. Okay, so the Dream Hotel, mm-hmm. which I actually recently was spent my own money to stay there, so that tells you I like it. Um, very nice. Um, it's close to Broadway, a couple blocks from Broadway, a couple blocks from the Ryman, um, but just up the hill, so you're like kind of out of the, I'm going to call it riffraff because I'm, you know, 85 years old. The, the riffraff, riff-raff of Broadway. Ooh. I know. Um, we stayed there for, I stayed there for the Nissan Versa launch. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I don't think I did that one. I don't have a recollection of that hotel, which either means I didn't stay there or hmm, that speaks to the hotel. But you said you went back. I did. I believe it used to be a brothel. So um, which doesn't at all <laughs> speak to it, but it has like a plaque commemorating its brothel status somewhere or I read it Aww. on Wikipedia or something. So I enjoy the I enjoy Nashville's downtown brothel. It is one of my favorite places Excellent. to stay when I am in Nashville. Um, OK, now I know you went on the Ford Maverick trip. So the Bobby, which is like three yes. doors down from from the brothel dream. Um, the dream brothel. Either way, it's like Denali Ultimate or Ultimate Denali. Um, the Bobby. What do you think of the Bobby? I like the Bobby. I thought that one was good. That was that was a nice hotel. I approved of that one. It was it was nice. It had this, this cool little like seating area, like where we had all of our sort of our like dinner reception. It was like on the roof. I want to say it was. It was really cool. Yes, I they have the an Bobby. airstream on the roof. An airstream yes, on the a roof. Tiny up there. airstream. Yeah, which was kind of cool. That's sort of a neat little. Like, oh, this is different. There's an airstream. It's very like you don't expect it. It's very hip and chic. Like you walk in there and you're like, I am always underdressed for this because I'm not cool enough, but it's still a fun hotel to stay in. Like it's a non-judgy chic. But I feel like in any hotel in Nashville, any, probably any, the only thing you have to, you really should have. So I was woefully overdressed for all of Nashville because I had neither (laughs) my cowboy boots. I had no cowboy boots. I had no short skirt and I had no like hoochie mama short shorts. So I was dressed. We can get you all three of those things. <laughs> I, we can get you I, all three of those things. I have I only, it under good authority. <laughs> we can do that. I only have one of those things. There are two of those things that shall never grace guess this which? body. I want to guess which. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> okay. so everybody, everybody. It's like the uniform of every woman in Nashville because they're all there for a bachelorette party. So you're also missing the bachelorette sash. 
uh, which mm-hmm. they all have, or sister of the bride, or friend of the bride, or adjacent, you know, designated driver of the bride, uh, whatever it may be. They all wear sashes too. It's it's all, a, yeah sashes. There is a, yeah. for being a lot of individuals. There's a lot of uniformity with how Correct. they do Nashville. Um, okay, so where there isn't uniformity is the Thompson, which I is like in the this Gulch. One. I've seen their like number the times. Thompson. I do too. It's the only place I've ever been literally short sheeted in my life. I don't know if I ever told you about this. <laughs> So I am actually no allergic to feathers. So um, when I get a hotel room, I have to have one that doesn't have feathers in it because I will literally die. So I went there and they hooked it up so I didn't have feathers in my room. We were out. I mean, it was like 1 a.m. by the time we got done with dinner. It had a couple cocktails afterwards. Walked back to my room. I go to get in bed. And there were no sheets on the bed. Like there's a sheet on the bed, like the bottom sheet. There are no other anything. There's one pillow <laughs> and one sheet. And I was like, it's 2 a.m., by this point, because I brushed my teeth, you know, I changed my pajamas and I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? F this. I am just going to lay here. So I slept underneath a bathrobe uh, at the Thompson Hotel. <laughs> this was shortly like right after they opened. It's been like a year and I've been back and it's been fine. But I went down in the morning and this gentleman, you you know, the, uh, the concierge gentleman we deal with all the time for a lot of these events is over the top in terms of just making sure we are completely accommodated. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, how did you sleep? But I said, I slept underneath the bathrobe and he was horrified absolutely horrified um they yeah. were lovely i mean it was fine right i mean you can sleep for four hours underneath the bathrobe it's fine um but it was just it's the only place i've ever experienced that and for that um i will always remember it but they do have a lovely coffee shop attached yes and they have a great baked goods there really good baked goods. Have- I've, I've made my husband stop there when we we're like in nashville at staying somewhere else we see at the dream i'm like we need to go to thompson for baked goods and coffee he's like there's just 20 coffee shops goods. between now and then and like, uh, no. no he yeah, no. So you like the Thompson. I like the Thompson. Have you stayed at I the do. 21C? I believe I have stayed. There's more than one 21C Correct. in the world. And I don't know that if I've stayed in the one. I feel like I've stayed in the one in Nashville. I now, think. a hallmark of all of these hotels, all of the 21C, is that they have giant penguin statues that go from room to room. Like yes. I, you can move I them. had a three foot tall penguin mm-hmm. in my room. Which, when you see it at 2 o'clock in the morning as you're making the midnight stop to the bathroom, is not something that is enjoyable. But they are everywhere in that hotel. And they're like a color. Like, I think the ones I stayed at with 21C was actually Kentucky. And the penguins were red. I think at the Nashville yes, one, they're, they're like red a as turquoise well. blue. Are they red? So the, and people, red, yeah. will, people will sort of prank you. Like, they will. Because you can take the penguins from wherever you want. You're allowed to relocate the penguins at will. And somebody had put them outside of my room in Kentucky. And I just, like, opened the door. And it was, like, sea of angry red penguins. And it scared the daylights out of me. So I'm a little traumatized by the penguins. They're not, like, happy, warm fuzzy like oh look at this cuteness it's like giant pink it's like you're you've, it's like you've walked into an episode of doctor who the penguins are moving they are following you they're really aliens you better get out now that's how i, I feel about the. Penguins. i know of doctor who but i will trust you for that because i am not a fan i will say that i was there for the infinity q50 launch again a number mm-hmm. of years ago and um they have like an art gallery in, in the hotel. It's like their thing. It's very arty, arty farty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a nudity display, which they were not told when they booked the hotel. So I walked in, there was a lot of nudity, um, which I'm sure since has been remedied with some other modern art exhibit. Um, but it was, it was very interesting. It was, it was, it was a talking so point. 
There was a, um, at the hotel outside of the uh, Virgin Hotel in Nashville, there's just like right at the corner of it almost, there's a rotary and there's this huge sculpture and it's just naked men and women. And it was funny because I was in the car at two different times with guys who were like, wait, I got to take a picture. I'm like, what is it with you? Come on, you're a grown man. He's like, no, I didn't picture the women. <laughs> They're taking pictures of the naked women. I'm like, you're like all 12 at heart. He's like, no, I'm taking a picture of this artwork. I'm like, like heck you are. You're taking pictures of naked women because you're going to laugh about it and like, oh, look at the statue because I'm 12. <laughs> I mean, to each their own, right? I, I can't wait to get mm-hmm. off of the, this microphone and actually find out who you are talking about that we won't be calling out in public, but I <laughs> nope, require I the information for. I will so, give you right. that information later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we will come back from break with some stories about what I did when I was in Germany. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you about all the schnitzel I ate and the pretzels schnitzel. and everything else. Schnitzel. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, we're back. I'm Eileen. And I'm Nicole. And we are going to talk about the BMW iX M60. But remember to stick around because after we do that, we'll be talking about why the Parthenon and the Reichstag go together. I hope I pronounced that right. I probably didn't, but there was some spit involved. I felt like that was very German of me. It was very guttural. You did the, so I think that's, that's, that's close, right? That's the Falkenberg (laughs) in me. I think that, I think that works out well. (laughs) So I was in Germany last week for the BMW iX M60 launch. It was the first drive program of it. The iX launched last year. I was in Germany again, uh, different cars in Munich last time for, for the regular iX, right? So it was just, that was just the, the, X drive, I X X drive, fifty I X drive. <laughs> it's it's a bunch of words to go together. But anyway, this one's got a lot more horsepower. This is six hundred and ten horsepower, zero to sixty time of three point six seconds, up to two hundred eighty miles of range, and it can get up to ninety miles of range with ten minutes of DC fast charging. A uh, little bit of a hefty price tag on this one. It's one hundred and five thousand one hundred dollars. Which oh goodness, it's you know. It's a performance SUV. It's 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 a lift. It's a lift. It's a BMW. It feels like it doesn't quite feel like a hundred. I'm gonna be honest with you. It feels like 80, 89, 90, Um, which okay for I mean, you and I drive those vehicles all the time. I can say it doesn't right. feel like one hundred and ten thousand. Um, but it is what it is. It's got the battery electric powertrain. There is no version of the BMW iX that is gasoline powered or hybrid. It is all all electric, all the time. So okay. this is like the like this the more more performance focused of it. Now BMW has their M line, which is like their super performance versions of their vehicle. This is supposed to kind of fit into that. Um didn't really feel like that. It's got a lot of horsepower, it's got a lot of oomph off the line, but it doesn't really feel like performance-y, which I know is okay. a really, really sophisticated description, but it just performance-y. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. Like I I got in it, but there's no like it's not special stitching. There's no headrest stitching. It doesn't, there's not carbon fiber everywhere. And I know that there's choices you make for lightweighting, et cetera, and cost. It just didn't feel special enough. And, you know, it just, it is what it is, right? And it's, it's, it I, just I, was. It's I was, like, yeah, it's a car. I, I still like the iX. 
I just don't know if I would go with the IXM60. I, I would be perfectly happy driving the IX X Drive 50. I've now looked it up. So X Drive 50, um, which is, you know, <laughs> $30,000 less. Um, Does it's it not feel bad. its price? Like you said, this one doesn't feel like a hundred and something thousand. It feels like an 80,000. Does the one you'd rather buy feel like its price? I would say yes. I would say that feels, it feels like a luxury SUV. Now what BMW has done with this and it's it's very noticeable is that they've created a one-off. So this isn't like an X5 that's been electrified. It's not an X4 that's been electrified. It is an IX. It's completely different and unique. And it is no okay. compromises. You get into it and you're like, I am a luxury BMW. I am in a luxury <laughs> vehicle. It is all electric. Like you feel that. You really do. But this IX M60, I don't know that you feel like it's that extra step above. Like I really, okay. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I just, I just oh. can't see paying the money. So anyway, so that, but I know that because I spent literally like 30 hours over four days driving it. So that's, that's kind of the good news is that it wasn't just like a quick one-off impression. It was that I actually spent a lot of time, um, flew into Berlin from the U S via the hot, humid and stuffy Charles de Gaulle airport in Paris Yes. Because, yeah, it's not my favorite airport to fly in and out of. But there was like a worker strike at Amsterdam. Wait, but, and but I was like, you know what? We'll just go through Charles de Gaulle. Wait, there was a worker strike. I was going to say, because normally I don't think I've ever gone through Charles de Gaulle and not had somebody on strike. Baggage handlers, flight attendants, pilots, coffee makers, macaroon creators, somebody. Somebody is on strike in that airport all the time. It's kind of the way France is and Europe in general That's is kind I mean. of just yeah. on strike. But yeah, so when I booked Someone's my ticket, we couldn't be sure. They actually were shutting down flights to come into Amsterdam. Um, from So they weren't sure if they were going to be able to land. So I was like, you know what? I'll go through Charles oh, de Gaulle. Geez. I will bite the bullet on this one. Um, yeah. landed, landed in Berlin. Now, I landed in a part of the airport that looked as if it was a gymnasium in the middle of a remodel. Oh, lovely. Like lovely. bare cement walls, tiles. Like I was like, this is a relic of the past. And then I walked, you know, a little bit, turned a corner and I was in a modern airport. So don't judge a book by its full cover. Um, but just notice that some sections of it are a little shoddy. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, it was fine. It was a fine airport, went through there. Um, and we stayed actually, when we first got there at an airport that is literally across the street from the hotel. By across the street, I mean, you go through the little bus lane and then you're there. Kind of Oof. like when you get to, when you fly in and out of Logan Airport in Boston and yes. you go to like where you go pick up the little shuttle bus that takes you to the park and fly. If there was a hotel yes. there instead, that's how close it was. Like it's I've never once ever used that because my park because I, I just either have my car that is parked in Logan or or my chauffeur, which is my husband waiting for me at Logan. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. There's there's you see these types of hotels everywhere. So it's actually really nice to have it kind of on campus as it were. So if you were okay. worried about a morning flight, it's like right there, but it's not inside the airport. It's outside the airport. It's part of this whole airport city thing they have going on. That doesn't seem like it's fully hatched yet, um, but it is a lovely airport. It's a work the in progress. Yes, the Stiegenberger Airport Hotel Berlin. Um, I do recommend it. Quiet rooms. Uh, you know, I was I was clean. I was I was happy with it. Um, we were staying there when there was like a police military thing going on, conference like thing, operational thing. It was uh, there was I, it was the most secure hotel in Berlin. 
I will tell you that. I you're probably in the safest place in the entire city at that point with I think a police conference happening there. I did. I boarded the elevator and I think I sent you a picture of the gentlemen with all of their weapons yes. as they were going to their conference. Yes. And I was like, we are in this very secure elevator. Like, I, there's <laughs> nothing to see here. Gone, yeah. At least that was that's what it was. And it wasn't like, why are, why are so many men so heavily armed? What don't I know about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was a great place to go drive, a test drive. We drove all around um, West Berlin uh, the, the west of Berlin, not West Berlin, not that doesn't exist anymore. Um, west of Berlin, uh, we went to Freilich am See in Bad Sorrow for lunch. It's a beautiful little lake spot. There's some lakes out west of the town and um, just sat on the patio and had a beautiful lunch and excellent service. And there was decent parking. I could not recommend it highly enough. I would go back there 100 um, percent. I would first say this, when you do fly into Berlin, you fly over the Tesla factory, which um, is not incredibly painted. For, like, there's no, like, giant Tesla logo on the top of it. But when you do fly in, you can recognize it because, and I'm not joking here, there are tents on all sides of it that are, like, Why are there tents shot. on all sides? Because it's Tesla, and they put together vehicles and tents. Now, I don't know if they're doing that there. It's oh still under god. construction. But I literally was like, oh, my God, that must be Tesla because there's tents everywhere. Um, so the Tesla in Germany is really just a tent city at this point? Is well, that what you're telling us? I'm telling you, it's a, it's a factory <laughs> building, and they're making cars there, but there's a large number of tents. Um, it just doesn't have, like, to junk around it like Fremont does yet. Um, we'll see what happens there. But anyway, so we drove all around there, drove back. Now, the IX M60 is great in the city. Um, it is just as competent as the X-Drive 50. Um, it doesn't have, like you and I have talked about how the Mustang Mach-E, when you get into it, you've got the GT, mm-hmm. the GT Performance, you, there's just so much power off the light, thrusts you back in your seat. That is not something that the IX does. And it's not for lack of power, it's just a very reasonable uptick and how it how it goes and i i very much enjoy that like it's perfectly acceptable but if you need to get on it the power is there i mean it's electric it's there at the push of the accelerator um so Mm -hmm. it's a great vehicle for that and you feel very confident with the acceleration you know there's no turbos there's no turbo lag it's just there and it goes uh but comfortable cruiser as well so did that went back we actually stayed in a different hotel the second night we stayed at the berlin das stew S-T-U-E, but it's all in caps. So I don't know if it's abbreviated for something or if it's not. But the cool part is that's actually right next to the Berlin Zoo. So I was in my hotel room and I heard like grunts and like not human grunts, <laughs> which I've heard, you know, in other hotel rooms. This was like an animalistic grunt. And I'm like, OK, they told me it was next to the to the uh, to the zoo. So I roll up my blinds and there's like animals frolicking like 10 feet away from my window. Um the stench of poo as well, but the animals frolicking. Oh, the stench of poo. And it was cool. Like, you could see into the zoo, and I really liked that. So it was great. Um, so we stayed there. They had bicycles you could rent for the day. Um, so I went and took a bicycle. They asked me if I wanted a regular one or an e-bike, and I was like, you know what, e-bike, because I'm going to be gone for a while. Um, the yeah. e-bike was not charged, so I ended up carrying around, like, an extra 10, 15-pound battery on my rump um, <laughs> for the six miles I biked in the 80-degree heat. Um, oh, my Lord. In a skirt, because I was ill-dressed for the occasion. Um, but anyway, Berlin's a fantastic town to cycle in. It's got bike lanes everywhere. People understand the laws. Um, it, it's a great town. Um, not a lot of helmets, but uh, it, people named helmet probably, but not a lot of bicycle helmets. But it was it was fantastic <laughs> uh, town to cycle in. I went all around. I I did uh, would say the greatest hits of Berlin. So I saw the Brandenburg Gate, the memorial to the murdered Jews of Europe, um, the Reichstag. Uh, went across wow. the river over to the train station, back to the hotel. Like I said, six miles on the cycle. It was so easy, and it was just like I wish I could do this in every city I go to. Like I want it. 
and and that's not to say there weren't hills. Like Berlin has some hills. Um, I was kind of surprised, yeah. but it was it was easy. If, if you're comfortable cycling through a town um, and through a city, it's really easy to do it there. It's you know it, it's it's built for that, right? So I really enjoyed that. We were there for the night. We had dinner at the hotel, which was great. Um, but then the next night we drove, or the next day we woke up and drove to Munich which is not a short drive. It's like seven mm-hmm. hours. Um, so we just stopped wow. and charge the IX before we did. Now, overnight in Berlin, we charged as well. So we left with the full charge. We got just outside Leipzig and we needed to find a fast charging station. Now, there were four vehicles, three vehicles. Okay. I'm sorry, there were six of us. Three vehicles that um, needed to charge. So we had a DC fast charger experience. Now, they BMW had done the research ahead of time and found us a fast charger that was in the right location to guarantee it was operable and all that sort of stuff so that removed some of the obstacle there but we went and we fast charged when we got there we had i don't know like 20 percent range left um now remember that when you're on the autobahn there is no speed yes. limit so we were maxing that out um at the 250 plus kilometers per hour for large sections of time to get us to leipzig in a jiffy um so we did wear to that not battery the most efficient way to drive no it, it is, is not the most fun way to drive it's not we lost about at, at top speed ish so anything about over 180 kilometers an hour we lost one kilometer of range every five seconds wow so, so I mean, we, we put it to the test. So, I mean, it's, you have to do when you're on these drives. You have to, absolutely have to. Do. So we did that. So we, uh, we, we drove it there. We fast charged. Um, we had about an hour to kill. And, you know, if you're in the sunlight, that's not great. You know, sitting there in the hot sun trying to charge. But thankfully, there was a McDonald's. So it was Woo-hoo. lunchtime. We went to McDonald's and had, um, you know, a cheeseburger and fries. Can't say I recommended the fries in Germany. Um, they taste a little bit. What was wrong like, with the fries? They taste like In-N-Out fries, known for their noted for their cardboard. Oh. They look like regular McDonald's fries, and you bite into it, and you're like, there is no flavor. Um, not <laughs> ideal. Like I feel like I need to go to American McDonald's and get the greasy, juicy fries up to make up for it. But anyway, perfectly fine. Had the German McDonald's experience. Um, sat there for 45 minutes, went back, had a couple minutes more left to charge. That was great. That was actually really easy. Um, that was probably the ideal charging experience for midday. Um, you know, aside from the, I wish there were more options other than McDonald's, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. So got back on the highway. Um, we ended up maxing it out again, had to stop one more time. Um, on the way to Munich that time we stopped at a gas station that also had fast charging. So it was like around the corner. So very opposite, you know, petrol and diesel were separate. Um, But it was a full convenience store. And that was actually a far less optimal experience. So while it had like windshield washer, fluid cleaner and like that sort of thing, that was a plus. Um, (laughs) Yes. Also, that had the one we had by the McDonald's had like a sunshade over it. This one had no Mm -hmm. sunshade. This one had a very small convenience store um, that my drive so partner was, was very disappointed they did not have fresh fruit at, um, <laughs> which is worth noting, I guess. Um, <laughs> he was very what, disappointed the by that. known for having fresh fruit I don't know. at their convenience stores he and this very, one let him down? He was I don't very disappointed. That, he kept looking for apples. And I'm like, I, I, I don't apples? know. I don't know. I, I, I don't apples. ever really go into convenience stores in the U.S., um, but with Time to Kill, I explored this one greatly and found, um, you know, the culture at the convenience store to be, you know, fine. Um, it was really not notable, but we did stand around the sun for like 45 minutes waiting for the cars to charge. So that was not optimal. And that was even with the research to find a good one before we got down there. But but we were able to get to Munich. We had about 45% range. We got into Munich. Um, and we stayed at the Andaz hotel in Munich, which I like because 
one, it's a luxury hotel, so of course I like it. But two, it has a giant pretzel statue thing when you walk in. It's like this giant golden pretzel. And that's awesome. I 1000% endorse that. So I think I'm behind, I can get behind any hotel that has a giant pretzel statue when you walk in the door. I feel like that's a good sign. Yeah, I'm down for that. So I was a thousand percent behind that. Why I love Bavaria pretzels. Um, I can't drink beer, so I didn't have beer, but I had plenty of pretzels. I I had all of the fried pork and schnitzel I could eat. Um, and we went to this beer garden for dinner that was amazing. And I do enjoy also, which they don't have in the US, um, cold cuts for breakfast. Which Yes, isn't that cool? I love that. Why can we not do like I I'm fine with the holiday in and their waffles, but give me a platter of hams <laughs> and and I some know. some carpaccio for breakfast and I am all set. But yes. yeah, so. I know I agree. That would be nice to have just like cold cuts on every breakfast buffet. I would agree with that. I would yeah, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. So from there, we had to make another end leg of the trip because we were headed down to Italy. Um, but we're not going to cover that this week. We're actually going to talk about my trip to Italy next week in the podcast. Yes. It's we're going to make you hang on, but we're not going to make you hang on any longer with our two things because we've covered them a little yes. bit. So the Reichstag. Yes. And. And the Parthenon. Parthenon. The Parthenon. And you're thinking, okay, you get the Reichstag because Eileen was in Germany that makes sense. But the Parthenon, the Parthenon's not in Tennessee. Or is it? It is. The there Parthenon is. is in Tennessee. Yes. So there's the one that everybody knows it's in Germany, but there's also, I mean, Germany in Greece, but there's also a Parthenon in Tennessee. And it's this, it is exactly what you think it is. The Parthenon Nashville. And it has this cool sort of park around it. It's, it's like a legit duplication of the Parthenon right. in good condition. Right. Instead of the one in Greece that's like falling in bits and pieces and you I don't think you can even get as close to it as you once could because, you know, culturals, artifact, great value, blah, blah, blah. But you can get right up to the one <laughs> in Nashville. So the Nashville one. Yeah, just walk right up to it. But so and it is actually a Parthenon. It's in Centennial Park in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's a full scale replica replica of the one in Athens. And it was built in 1897 as a part of the Tennessee Centennial Exposition. So if you go to Nashville, you can see the Parthenon while you're there. And if you go to Berlin, you can see the Reichstag while you're there. And I think that both of those things, so they're both easily able to be walked to. You can bike to both of them. And Mm -hmm. I think that speaks to a lot of what you and I like to do when we go to these cities is get out, get outside your hotel, get outside your planned itinerary and just go see stuff. I mean, you don't need to go to TripAdvisor and see what are the four things everybody wants to see. I know not everybody needs to go to a Six Flags. Like not everybody needs to go to, you know, the, the drunken water thing that you go and drive a ride a float down. That's cool, but like go out and see the local culture, go out and see kind of history. Um, you know, you're not paying just to just to go eat the eat at the honky tonk and go dance your boots off in your in your bride bridesmaid sash. Skirt in your short suit. Yeah. And, yeah. And your cowboy <laughs> boots and shake your booty. I mean, I mean you can yeah. shake your booty at the Parthenon. Somebody will shake film your it. booty all you like. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be you you know, people appreciate your booty shaking, I'm sure, but you need not do that. No, it just, just sort of goes to show that some of the things that you see in a city, um, in a place you visit, are not normally what you'd expect. And go to the unexpected places. Because if you find the unexpected place, you either come across it by accident or someone randomly tells you about it. Sometimes the unexpected things are the coolest things. So always go check them out when you're wandering about a city you've never been to before. Absolutely. So next week, we'll talk about Italy and the Splugenpass, as well as my time going to visit George and a mall. 
Um, so we'll talk about Excellent. that. Excellent. And where are you off to this week? Do we have anything for you coming up? I actually, this week, I get to stay in my hometown. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm working on what I'm gonna talk about. Next week will be my big, next week is Toyota Palooza, is what I actually Ooh. go to next week. So it will be all Toyota coming up shortly, and it'll be surprised what I talk about in the next episode of the show. Just gonna have to wait. I am skipping Toyota Blues this year. I know everybody's going to be heartbroken not to see me, but I'm going to present at a conference in Las Vegas. So June in Las Vegas is great. One night only, folks. (laughs) One night only. Um, So anyway, so we will catch up with everybody next week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.